Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? He's good all the time, and we thank Him for His goodness. Amen. Amen. You know, He is the God of miracles, and, you know, there are people in the church, uh, even, even today in our time frame, who will say that the, that the age of miracles is over, and yet they, uh, they forget about being born again, which is really the greatest miracle that there ever can occur. Amen. I mean, a, a person's spirit that was dead becomes alive without having to uh, be born into the earth as a child. That's a pretty big miracle. In fact, it's the, probably the greatest miracle that you'll experience in your life. Um, and yet uh, miracles occur every day. And um, I don't know. People have a hard time... Uh, uh, I never have understood why people have a hard time believing in a miraculous God, amen? Uh, and uh, in fact, you know, I, on occasion I'll talk to people and I'm always suspicious of anybody who tries to do away with the supernatural. You know, well, God doesn't speak to us. God doesn't do miracles. Uh, the laying on of hands doesn't cause healing to occur. Uh, there, there is no uh, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. There, none of those things are in operation. And... You know, thought, well, why are you trying so hard to get rid of a supernatural God? Is it, I mean, he literally is in the realm of the spirit. We are in the realm of the natural. The only way that we can contact him is through the supernatural process. Amen. There's no way that we can, because it's supernatural just means above the natural, beyond the natural means. Amen. We don't send him an email or a telegram or a phone call. We have to communicate with him in a supernatural method. Uh, and, and why is that a thing? Why is that so hard? You know, I mean, we're literally called believers, which means we're designed and built by the Lord to believe. Amen. It's not like we have to. Well, believing so hard. You're literally designed to breathe. I mean, uh, to believe, you know, is uh, believing uh, is breathing hard. Breathing is so hard. You know, I have to think about it all the time. You don't literally don't have to think about it. You're just you're built to do that. Amen. When you go to sleep, you're, you don't have to set an alarm every every 15 minutes. Oh, breathe. Right. Of course, if you have 15 minutes without oxygen, you wouldn't need to breathe anymore after that anyway. But uh, and so. I don't know, I, I'm always suspicious of anybody who tries to get rid of the supernatural because they have other agendas, you know, and, and they don't necessarily know, maybe they do know, but they don't necessarily know that they're being motivated by the enemy because, uh, you know, uh, the Bible literally calls it, calls him the Antichrist, right? And he says that the spirit of the Antichrist is in the earth today, right? So even if the Antichrist, you know, the persona of the Antichrist, and we all know who it is, right? Nobody knows who he is. Um, but um, you're all like, Who's it? who is it? Who is it? We don't know who it is. And, uh, and people say, he's, he's probably born to die. We don't know. I mean, you know, uh, w when he shows up, I think we'll know. Uh, but regardless of whether he hears not, you know, it doesn't matter to me because I'm going to live by faith either way. But the spirit of the Antichrist, you know, the word Christ means Messiah is one translation, but it also means the anointed one. So the Antichrist is those who are against the anointed one with God's anointing. Uh, and so really the Antichrist is those that are against the anointing. Well, the anointing is here to break every yoke supernaturally. And so anytime people say the age of miracles has passed, well, that's the spirit of the Antichrist. That's the spirit that's trying to do away with the supernatural power of God. Uh, and, and so, yes, ma'am. Yeah. 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 Right, right, right. Yeah, it, especially when you get in that way because, you, uh, you know, and, that, and that's really kind of the culture or, or the, you know, what, whatever that uh, that denomination has grown up with. Uh, and that's not necessarily... You know, it's nothing wrong with eating right and doing those things, but uh, when you elevate that above the Word of God, right, you're, you're flip-flopping, right? Because, you know, we should eat well and we should do right. And, I mean, Paul said that bodily exercise does profit. It doesn't do it as much as godliness, but it does profit us. And so, you know, doing those things is, is good. Uh, but there, there are those, and it's not even so much those, although, uh, you know, converting somebody from that mindset to the mindset of, of you know, we can believe God for healing you know, and, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but regardless of what we eat, right? I mean, I understand that there's moderation, right? That there's a biblical doctrine of moderation, temperance, and those types of things. Uh, but, you know, if you look at the New Testament, it's pretty much says you can eat whatever you want to eat within the constraints of moderation, right? Uh, now, I know when my pastor, when I first got to know him, I'd go to his house, and um, I was helping him, 
uh, he was building like a swing set for his kids or something, so I went there to help him. And uh, it was hot, it was a hot summer day, and so his, his wife brought out some drinks. So she brought me a cup of ice, you know, and, and uh, like a soft drink. She brought him a two liter. He would drink like several two liters of, of, uh, of cola, soda, or if you're from, from you know, up north, it pop, you know, uh, every day, every day, right? Well, anything. I mean, that's so several two liters or several gallons of soda every day, right? Well, several gallons of literally anything except for maybe water is probably not. I mean, milk would probably be bad for you, right? I mean, if you drink that much calcium, you'd probably end up with a bunch of kidney stones. You, you drink six gallons of probably, you know, equivalent about three to four gallons of milk a day. That's a lot, right, of anything except for maybe water. Maybe water but um, uh, And so um, it, it's... Uh, converting people from from a natural mindset because once we get stuck in the natural it's so easy to stay there because we can measure it we can see it count it we can we can you know uh, we can compete with it well i'm doing more than you're doing because look at this numbers look at my chart look at your chart you know and, uh, and and it's really easy to get stuck in that and i think about you know certain certain groups especially like the roman catholic uh, groups, you know, if you, the, if you look at the, and I don't know much about the Roman Catholics. I was raised Catholic, but not didn't really know much about them. But, um, but just I know I know enough about them to know that there's a lot of ritualism in their in their group, right? I mean, all the, uh, you know, the the bending and the bowing and the the, the words that they say, you know, and it, there's a lot of ritualism uh, that is not necessarily faith and is not necessary to their salvation, but they do it. But if you took that person and put them into like our church, they'd be like, well, well, where's the thing? You know, where's this and where's that? And we had uh, one visitor ask us, well, how come you don't say the, uh, the eulogy, right? Uh, uh, and um, because I don't know, you know, there's, there's, because I mean, my thinking is, well, why would I, right? I mean, and they don't want to be disrespectful, but that's what they're used to, right? And, and in fact, we had one couple that uh, they, they were thinking about leaving their church and because their church was a dead church. In fact, it's the first church of doubt and unbelief, right? And, and, and um, they don't believe in anything. And, and in fact, we read the, the evangelist last night. And he's like, if your church is dead, you just leave it. You know, don't pray, just leave it, you know. Uh, I understand sometimes God will assign you somewhere. But, uh, but they said, well, but the reason for them staying wasn't because God had assigned them there to help them. They said well, they couldn't imagine leaving and going to a church where they didn't receive communion every single Sunday. So all it was keeping them was some dry bread. That's it. That was the only reason why they're staying is to eat dry bread. And, and uh, you know, you don't actually have to go to a church to receive communion. You could do it at home, right? It's, it's perfectly legal to take communion at home. But, uh, but anytime we get steeped in a natural realm where we can't change, it's really hard for some people, right? I mean, even, uh, in fact, um, um, you know, we're doing this right here, renovating this building, right? And, and sometimes it's hard on people, right? I think most of y'all done well here. Uh, but I was talking to somebody else one time, and they said, yeah, they, had, they, they were going to replace the carpet at their church. And so they took the carpet samples to the church, and they voted, and 50 wanted it, 50% wanted it, 50% didn't want it. So they had to come back. They came back a second time. Here's some more samples. Well, 50% wanted it, 50% didn't want it. And a third time, same exact thing. And then the pastor called again and said, no, nah, you know, you all need to decide. I can't just keep coming up there. And so they got a committee, right? They got a carpet committee. I can't imagine having a carpet committee. But, you know, they had a carpet committee, right? Uh, I mean, we have no committee, right? I mean, you all are always welcome. And, and you have, you know, and I appreciate that. Give me ideas and thoughts about things to do here. And it's fine, right? You should be able to do that. But uh, to demand that, right? To demand, well, you're going to paint this, you know. You know, if you said, I demand you paint that white. I would paint it pink just because. Just, you know, the rebellion would rise up in my heart. And I'd be like, no, you want it white? You demand it white? It's going to be pink, right? Or whatever it is, right? Uh, and uh, just because of that, because, you know, uh, you know, I've had people tell me, if you don't do this, we're leaving. But let me get the door for you because, you know, uh, uh, you don't run this church. And, you know, I don't really run this church. The Lord runs this church, you know, and. Uh, but anyway, so they finally, the committee decided and four people left, the, four families left the church because well, I don't like that carpet. <laughs> you know, and I think about standing before the Lord Jesus someday and having a conversation with him. And he's going to go, oh yeah, you, you, 
Now, didn't I assign you to that church down and down there, uh, wherever? Uh, yes, Lord, I went to that church. You know, now, now tell me why you left. Well, Lord, you know, they got the maroon carpet, and I knew, you know, that without a shadow of a doubt, that you wanted blue carpet. You know, I knew that uh, that heaven wanted blue carpet. And they said, so you left because of carpet. Uh, well, yeah, Lord, that they were out of the will of God, but you left because of carpet, right? <laughs> And then, then he'll start laughing. And then it will be like, hey, Gabriel, come here, come here. Say, say it again. Tell me, tell him why you left carpet. Isn't that the funniest thing you ever heard? Carpet, right? And, and I mean, I just can't imagine standing before the Lord and having that conversation, right? Now, but I know how many times have you heard stories like that? You know, they bought a piano. I, one person I talked to, why'd you leave church? Well, they bought a piano. But, I mean, was it, did it have like a skull of crossbones or something on it? Or, you know, like a cuss word taped on it? I mean, why, what was... I don't think they should have bought a piano. Did they ask you? No. They should have asked me. Well, are you like, are you like the God of pianos or something? I mean, did, did God die for the piano? Uh, you know, did, am I missing something? Because I'm thinking, am I missing something? Uh, was there something more there that I need to know about? And, and uh, one person said they left because, well, they paid the pastor too much, you know. Uh, and I, well, how much is too much? I mean, are they taking out loans or something or selling drugs on the street to pay for the pastor's, you know, uh, salary? I mean, how much is too much, right? I don't know how much is too much. Uh, and so, is there a number? Uh, there's not really a number. What's, what's the number? And because and, and I, I keep pressing on people because things like that are just dumb, right? Just dumb. Well, why, you know, what's the number? And they finally said, well, the pastor should never, never get paid more than the poorest person in the church. Well, you know what that is? That's complete jealousy, right? That's envy. That's, that's saying, I don't want him to make more money than me. It's not fair. Well, okay, uh, oh, great spiritual one. So you're, you're putting together, uh, you know, wooden toys and the pastor is dealing with people's eternal life. Which one is more important in, eternal, in the, the scheme of eternity? And, and it doesn't mean to make the pastor better than you, but, you know, you're trying to diminish the value of the pastor to being less than whatever you do for a living. And, uh, you know, and I, in fact, we were talking, talking this morning you know, if you could, if you paid me what I'm worth, you know, there's no, there's, there's no limit, right? Not because I'm so valuable, but because if I tell you, here's how to live in divine health all the days of your life, how much is, how valuable is that to you? And it's not because of me. I mean, I'm just reading words. I'm reading what the Lord already, you know, I'm just, I'm just telling you, here's what the Lord gave to us, but you know, I'm telling you that. And here's how to do that. And, and so if you're successful in living divine, how, how valuable is that to you? How, how, much, how, how much money would you not have to spend on anything, on medication and surgeries and, and recovery and nurses and doctors and, and, and money for gas to go to all those places? How much is that worth to you, right? I'm not trying to get anything out of your pocket. I'm just saying that people just, they minimize things that are of great value, right? Things of the spirit realm are always of much greater value than things of the natural realm. And so anyway, it's, uh, um, we, we, have to be, we have to be careful, amen? We, we've got to be careful you know, to me, we should just honor the Lord with high esteem and anything related to the Lord with high esteem. Amen. Uh, and that includes the ministry, includes the church, includes, you know, the, the things of God in our own lives. And, and they're all valuable. Amen. Uh, and so, so we, we are getting ready to start. Uh, she's got a new chapter here. We finished up the, uh, the last chapter about joy. And um, um, remember, the, the Bible says that a merry heart doth good like a medicine. Uh, one of the easiest ways to, to start feeling better is to uh, develop the, the, the joy of the Lord in your life. Amen. And, and uh, we didn't cover it, but Jesus at one time said, no man taketh your joy from you. Which means if you don't have joy, you gave it up. Nobody took it from you, right? Uh, so you gave it up. So that means if you gave it up, you can get it back. Amen. So uh, all you got to do is think about all the wonderful things the Lord has done for you both in the past and the present and in the future, and your joy will start to rise up. And then, of course, we went through some scriptures about how to develop joy uh, by getting your prayers answered according to what the Word says. Um, now, receive and, and that your joy may be full, right? That's what Jesus said in John chapter 16, receive that your joy may be full. Uh, and so, uh, so then she shifts gears here a little bit, and she, let's turn back to uh, Leviticus chapter 17. And so... So you want to talk about, about the blood of the Lord here. Uh, and um, so she starts with an Old Testament verse, which is actually a pretty good verse 
here, and I think many of you know this verse, uh, but in Leviticus 17, uh, it says, um, let's just start in verse 10 there, and, and whatsoever man there be of the house of Israel or of the strangers that sojourn among you that eateth any manner of blood, I will even set my face against that soul that eateth blood and will cut him off from among his people. So let's just pause there for a second. If you remember over in John chapter 6, Jesus said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part in me. And yet it says right here that if you, if you, even, set, uh, that, uh, if you even eat any marinara blood, he will cut you off. So this is a big infraction to the Jews, right? To the Jewish nation. If you tell them anything about blood, it's, it's the worst thing for them, right? There's no way. And, and so Jesus... Uh, and, of course, later on, toward the end of, of John chapter 6, he says, the words that I speak are spirit in their life. You know, he's not saying literally drink his blood, but they weren't willing to listen long enough to get to that point. It said many of them left him at that point because he said those things. And the reason why it so offended them is because of these verses like uh, this one in Leviticus 17, that it's a terrible thing to drink any blood. And, and so he tells them why. And so not, he doesn't always say why, uh, to follow the rules in the Old Testament. Sometimes he says, just don't do this. But he never really says why, so sometimes you have to kind of figure out, is there a reason for that? But here's why. He doesn't want you to drink the blood because he says in verse 11, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I've given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. So uh, the part that we want to focus on is the life of the flesh is in the blood. And even today, uh, it, it's... it's uh, a, a terrible thing to drink blood. I mean, none of us knows anybody that, I mean, I hope, hope they know, because it's, it's usually reserved for cultish people, right? People in, in the demonic world and a Satanist world that still do that. And they do that as to stick their thumb in the Lord's eyeball, right? Because the Lord designed our blood to have a life in it. Uh, and so uh, even today, it's frowned upon to do that, right? Because it's, uh, it's gross, right? It's just gross. Nobody does these things, right? Uh, except for anybody uh, ever had blood sausage? You know, we used to eat blood sausage, which is really disgusting, right? Uh, which I guess is you're eating blood if you're doing that, right? You're not drinking it, but you're eating because it's fried up, right? Anybody ever had it, right? Uh, it, it's, yeah, it's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You ought to drink it, right? Uh, and, and he said the reason he wouldn't want you to do it because it's reserved for the atonement, right? But there's also natural reasons why for, for things like that. But I remember a friend of mine went to uh, France one time, and uh, they went out to eat, and I wasn't there with them at that particular time. But, um, so they were eating some food, and, and he didn't know what it was. And, and, and the, the lady that was with him from France, she's like, I don't know the English word for it, you know. And, uh, and so they're eating it, you know, and he's like, eh, it's kind of gross, you know. And, and, but he's, you know, you, sometimes you've got to choke it down. I choke down. I've choked down a lot of food. You know, I didn't think I've choked, Chris has choked down a lot of nasty food, you know. She, she's amazing, you know. This would be like, I'd be like, just, no, I, no. I, kill it first, okay, and then we, maybe we'll eat it, right? I mean, if I've got to chase it off my plate, you know, it's, because it's, uh, they'll just bring in, like, you know, raw food, right, sushi and whatever, and it's like, no. It's, I only have two requirements for food. It's going to be cooked and dead, right? Uh, and, and so... Uh, and that's really not a big requirement, but in some, some place of the world, it's like, well, you know, we'll give you one of them, right? It might be cooked, but we didn't kill it. It's still alive. It's just charred, you know, it's, uh, and so, uh, but anyway, so, um, so he's trying to, what, what is this? And, and she goes, finally, she, she starts doing this right here, like a syringe, right? And he, and, and he is like charades. And he said, blood, she goes, oh yeah, it, it's blood sausage. And he's just like, you know, he, he, uh, it's just disgusting to think about that. But I remember eating it growing up. We had blood sausage, and, uh, and um, it's just gross, right? Uh, and so I violated who knows how many Levitical laws in doing that. Uh, but the life of the flesh is in the blood. And, and this is an amazing statement because, of course, this was written roughly about uh, 4,000 years ago, right? Uh, and uh, it's only now in our modern science that we're realizing how much information is in the blood. Right, that the that the, the life carrying aspects of the blood, right? I mean, it's and so that's kind of what she wanted to go through is how valuable is the blood because she wanted to kind of use an analogy for the blood of Jesus, uh, what it's done for us spiritually with what what he designed the the natural blood to do as well, right? 
Uh, and so she's using this. And now, now she wrote this, you know, roughly a hundred years ago. So she didn't really, she wasn't aware really of any modern medicine that we know of today. Uh, nowadays, the scientists know that you can get a drop of blood and they can find all kinds of information about you. You know, they can find out what your shoe size is, how much money you go to your bank account. It's amazing, right? Uh, and, and so, but they can find out, you know, uh, from a blood test, they can find out, you know, e- even what potential sicknesses you might have, right? From doing DNA testing. And, uh, but they can also find out traces of all kinds of, a lot of cancers can be found by just looking at the blood, right? They can look at the protein markers and different things and find out, uh, like for men, they can do a PSA test to find out uh, whether you have prostate cancer or not, just from a blood test, right? Uh, and then, they, then if they suspect it, they can do biopsies and actually uh, find out more information from that. But, but there's a lot of information in the blood. The so life of the flesh is in the blood. And, um, and, so, so she, and so a lot of these things you say, you've got to take it from a standpoint, this is written over 100 years ago, right? And so they still knew a lot. Uh, about um, about blood let's turn over to uh, to Hebrews chapter 9 of course Hebrews has a lot of information about the uh, blood of the Lord and and um, the value of it and uh, I really like uh, the book of Hebrews you know it's it's a very unique book in the New Testament has a lot of good technical details about how we transitioned from the Old Testament to the New Testament and why the Old Testament was important and and so there's a lot of good information in there. Uh, but he's, but uh, he says here in uh, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 7, but into the, uh, well, let's read in verse 6. Now, when these things were thus ordained, the priest went always into the first tabernacle, accomplishing the service of God. But into the second tabernacle, but then second or second tabernacle, uh, went the high priest alone once every year. So he's talking about the, the holies and the holiest of holies. So you remember, uh, in, in the tabernacle and also later on in the temple, they had, you know, one area that uh, uh, most people could go into, but then they had the holiest of holies that only the high priest could go into. And, and that's where the Ark of the Covenant was. And it would, he could only go in there once a year. And so he said, but in the second, so he's really talking about the holiest of holies, went the high priest alone once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the heirs of the people. And so... Um, in that way, you know, the high priest had to go, and first of all, he had to offer blood for his own self to make sure that, that he, there was no problems between him and the Lord. And, but, and he had to do that before he could offer the blood for the rest of the nation. Uh, and so, uh, so she, want, she started going through some of the purposes of the blood uh, and, and the value of it. So, uh, uh, so the, the point that she want to make here is not without the blood, right? So, uh, you know, the, the whole Christian uh, religion, and I don't like to use that word, but, but the Christianity is based upon blood, right? I mean, it's in the Old Testament, it was about blood, and New Testament was about the blood of Jesus. And um, you remember, when, when was the very first sacrifice? Anybody remember? Adam and Eve, right? So when, when, they, when they were caught, you know, they used fig leaves, but the Lord killed an animal and covered them up, right? So blood was shed, uh, immediately for their sin, right? And, and, uh, and you know, I, I think a lot about that. Maybe the Lord will give me some more insight one of these days, but I always wonder, you know, why is that? Why does it have to be, why does, it ha- why does somebody have to die? Why does something have to die to cover my sins? And I know that the book of Hebrews covers some other things, but it just seems to me there's more, there's something more there, right? There's something more, and, and, and I believe there's some revelation out there that the church needs to get a hold of in relation to the blood. And, and you know, why, why blood? Why not you got to lose a toenail or, you know, lop off an ear or, you know what I'm saying? Why did the Lord pick that thing, right? Why is it that particular thing? And, and, uh, and you, may, you may know, right? So if you know, let me know and, and um, we'll get some more insight into that. Um, but that's the way it is right now is, is uh, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins, right? So uh, the, uh, the high priest had to have blood. So uh, uh, we're in chapter nine, 9 already. Uh, come down to verse 14. So one of the, the immediate purposes of blood is to, clean, is to cleanse, right? So verse 14 says, how much more shall the blood of Christ? So uh, let, let's go back up to verse 12. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered, uh, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Now, this is talking about Jesus, right? 
Uh, we know that because it says in verse 11, but Christ uh, being come a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made without hands, that is to say, not of this building. So Jesus became a high priest, right? He's the apostle and high priest of our profession. And the high priest, he had to go into the holiest of holies once a year to make sacrifice or atonement for the, all of the nation of Israel. Uh, but he had to do that every year. Well, the, the, the tabernacle was a type and a shadow of heaven. So all the things that the Lord told Moses to create for the tabernacle, the Bible says, in fact, it talks about it in the book of Hebrews in uh, several places, that it was a type of heaven. And so now you've got Jesus. He's now the high priest of the earth, right? So he's not of Aaron's lineage. He's, he's of the tribe of Judah. Uh, and so Jesus is going to go into the, the heavenly tabernacle. So now he's there. He died, right? But when he died and he came back from the, from the grave, uh, you remember when he, when he saw Mary in the garden, he said, touch me not, for I have not yet ascended unto my father and your father and to my God and your God. So he, he was resurrected, got a hold of his body, uh, stopped and said hi to a couple of folks, right? Mary was one of them there. And uh, don't touch me yet because I've, I've got to take this blood that was shed and I've got to go to heaven with this blood. So he took his, now, how he translated, I mean, blood is a natural thing. But, but you know, with the Lord, and we talked about this this morning, the, the distinction between natural and supernatural doesn't exist. It does for us, but not for him, right? He, the natural realm and the supernatural realm, that's the same realm for him. He created everything. And so the Lord's able to take that blood and, and go into the heavenly tabernacle with his own blood. And that's what he's saying here in verse 12. Neither by the blood of goats and, and calves... But by his own blood, he entered once into the holy place. Now, that holy place is the one in heaven. And having obtained eternal redemption for us, for if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctify through the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? And so... Uh, in the Old Testament, the purpose of the, of the blood was to wash away the sins, right? That's what he says there, to purify the flesh, sanctifying to the purifying of the flesh, uh, which was fine. It kept them alive, but they had to do it every year. But Jesus went, up, went beyond that, and it says that he purified or purged our conscience from dead sins. So it became a spiritual uh, value. So not only we washed away our sins, but our, our spirits are washed too, right? Um, and so... So that's kind of a big deal, right? And that's, that's why Jesus did that. So um, he had the, uh, in fact, Romans chapter, or Hebrews chapter 9 has got all kinds of good stuff. I mean, we, we could spend a lot of time just in uh, chapter 9 there because it's got a lot of uh, good details about what the blood is. But Jesus, you remember they had to cleanse all the, all the earthly utensils before they'd wash them and stuff? Well, Jesus had to go to heaven and cleanse the heavenly utensils. And... Um, you think about that. Well, how do they get dirty, right? Is there, is there dust in heaven? I mean, how, how, uh, how did the heavenly utensils get dirty? Anybody know the answer to that question? What happened in heaven? Lucifer, right? Remember Lucifer? Before he was a bad guy, he was a good guy, right? Uh, and uh, the Bible says sin was found in him. Well, where, where did he have access to? He had access to heaven. And anything touched by sin becomes unclean. And so whatever he touched in heaven when, he, when, he, when sin was found in him became unclean. And Jesus had to take his blood and go to heaven and cleanse those things. Uh, and so it's, you, know, you think about that because that's, uh, uh, and that's happened a long time ago. But it took the Lord. You know, he not only needed the blood of Jesus for our sake, but he needed it for, for the sake of heaven, right? For the cleansed heavenly utensils. Now we do know that anything that's ever been touched by sin will have to be replaced. So uh, what are the three things we know uh, in, a, in an overall picture that have been touched by sin that we're going to replace? The earth, right? Because earth's been touched by sin, right? So, we, so even though it can be cleansed by, uh, from a ceremonial, ceremonial standpoint, it can't be made new, right? So if it's touched by sin, it's still tainted, but it, you know, it's still at least you know, we can live there. Uh, but then you've got heaven. Are we going to get a new heaven? Yeah, we're going to get a new heaven. What's the third one? 
we're going to get a new body, right? We're going to get a glorified body. And so why do we get a new heaven, new, new earth, and a new body? Because all three of them have been touched by sin. And even though, you know, even the blood of Jesus is not able to fix that problem, right? It's just got to be, it's got to be made brand new because we get a brand new spirit, right? When we got born again, we got a brand new spirit. So our, our conscience is purged, but we got a brand new one. Uh, amen. We got a brand new spirit. So, um, so in all of that, uh, you know, you think about that, uh, that Jesus had to go out into the realm of the spirit to, to, uh, do, to do these things and to cleanse the heavenly utensils and to, and to purge our conscience from dead sins. Um, and so, uh, so that's an important thing, right? And of course, we, we, we sing songs about being cleansed and washed in the blood and, and uh, it's able to wash away all of our sins, right? It, it washes away the judgment and the cost of our sins, right? So that's what it washes away. Uh, and let's turn over to First uh, John 1, 7. So just repeating the, the same thing here. This is, but if we, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So that says it pretty, pretty simple there, right? So one of the purposes of uh, the natural blood is to cleanse our bodies, right? There's all kinds of toxins that you breathe in or you eat, you know, something. It's not, maybe not even necessarily bad or poisonous, but... Uh, you know, the blood's always washing away stuff, right? I mean, part of, part of the purpose of the blood is, is to just uh, draw the, the bad things out of your body, you know, whatever you eat or breathe or whatever, and, and gets rid of them. That's the purpose of the liver, right? Well, the liver uh, is really just filtering out the blood because the, the blood carries the, the source of all that stuff to the liver, and then the liver cleans it out, right? So liver uh, is a filter, and yet uh, we eat chicken livers, right? And cow liver, and we're eating, we're eating an oil filter, right? That's a, you, ever, you ever change an oil filter? Well, that's what you're eating when you're eating liver, right? You're eating an oil filter, right? Uh, and uh, a dirty oil filter, not a brand new clean oil, a dirty oil after it's, you know, you're eating an or an air filter, right? Uh, and so anybody want to go eat their oil filter when they get done? Uh, I don't even like liver, you know, it's disgusting, right? Uh, and so, um, but that's what you're eating, right? Uh, so... Uh, and then your kidneys, right? What does it filter out? It filters out all the, all the toxins and turns it into urine and flushes out your system, but it comes from the blood, right? The blood passes through the kidneys and, and, and the kidneys go, oh yeah, yeah, you guys stay, you get out of here, oh yeah, you get out of here, right? So you got different organs in the body that are, that are but the, the, sor- the source of that is the, is the blood. The blood is carrying those toxins out of your body, different parts of your body to the other parts of your body that can then do something with it, but it's all being taken care of by the blood. So, Wherever that toxin is, the blood pulls it out of there and takes it to the next part of your body. And, and if you had a perfect, a perfect body uh, without any errors in it at all, it would do that well. And, and you wouldn't even know it, you know. Uh, uh, and so, so that, and, and from a spiritual standpoint, that's what the blood of Jesus, he cleanses us from that sin. Amen. He cl- takes all that sin away from us. And just uh, one more verse there in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 7. So how valuable is the blood of Jesus? It's pretty valuable, right? So 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Uh, let's just start here in the first verse. It says, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let's, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh, perfecting the holiness and the fear of God. And so uh, we, we should be uh, resting upon the blood of Jesus to cleanse us from all these sins, right? So if we... If we um, if we commit a sin, right, we ask the Lord to forgive us. And because of the blood of Jesus, we can say, well, now I'm, I'm cleansed because the blood of Jesus paid for that sin. So it'll wash away that sin out of your life. Even if you commit it tomorrow, it's still the blood of Jesus that's doing that work for you, right? But you have to, you have to confess it. Just like in, a, in, in the natural body, your body has to know that it's there to take it away and, and cleanse it. So it's got to be confessed. And that's really how cancer works. Cancer works by saying, Nothing to see here, just keep on going. Normally the blood would carry all the things to kill it and attack it. And the cancer is, a, uh, uh, and people say, cancer's from God. Well, how could it be God? Because it's based on a lie. It's, it's telling your body, I'm fine. There's nothing here. And so the blood just, you know, it's, it lies to the blood, right? Uh, and so, uh, so when, we, when we ask for forgiveness, then we cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the spirit and the flesh, right? Of the flesh and the spirit is what it says. So you can't commit sin that, that's, 
that's a sin of, of the natural world, but you can also commit sin that will affect the spirit world too, right? So you can have uh, filthiness, and usually spiritual sins are things like pride and, and you know, unforgiveness and, you know, things that are not seen, right? Things that, that only, that uh, if you look at you, you can't see, right? If you're, if you're uh, uh, stabbing somebody, that's easy to tell. Okay, don't do that anymore. You know, you stop stabbing people, right? That's a sin. Uh, but there are plenty of spiritual sins that we do, you know, that, uh, uh, that, are, that are unseen. And she makes a point here. She said, uh, it's been said, again, now this is 100 years ago, right? It's been said that nine-tenths of disease is caused by failure and elimination of the waste in, the, in your blood. Uh, and so you think about it, if your body was perfectly capable of removing all the toxins out of your blood, there really wouldn't be much to cause any other difficulties in your, um, uh, in your body, right? Uh, and, you know, no telling what we've learned since, since, uh, since then, right? So, um, and so, and really in, in, in context then of, of chapter 7, verse 1, that's why we should strive to follow 2 Corinthians 7, 1, right? That, that having these promises, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. Uh, so, how do we cleanse ourselves? We confess the blood of Jesus, right? We confess that the Lord, you know, first of all, we confess our sins. And we say, Lord, you're faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And we rest upon and rely upon then the blood of Jesus to wash away that sin. And so that's how we cleanse ourselves. We're not really doing anything ourselves, but we're taking advantage of, of what Jesus has already done. Uh, and if we would do that and cleanse that sin out of our lives, then... You know, so many problems that people deal with in their life is because things they won't deal with in their life. Uh, you know, the, the problem they're dealing with today is because they wouldn't deal with, you know, the fact that they uh, uh, were, were full of envy all their life, right? Uh, or pride all their life or whatever thing they won't deal with. And now they've got all these other problems in their life. And the reason is because they wouldn't cleanse themselves from this thing over there. So God's not punishing them. It's because of that thing that they won't deal with and it's, and it's festered for years and years and years and they just, well, I'm not going to deal with it, you know. Uh, deal with it, right? Because uh, he says, you've got to cleanse yourself. doesn't mean you're earning it or that you've done something that was worthy of that. You're just using faith to, to believe that the, that the work of the Lord Jesus was complete and that you recognize that you've failed in, in uh, your path with the Lord and that you're going to rest upon the work of the blood of Jesus. So, but it's still you, right? Because it's not anybody else. God's not, you know, that, that tells you that God's not just running around cleansing us. When we commit a sin, he's not going to come down and cleanse us. We've got to cleanse ourselves by relying upon what he's done. He's given us all the tools to do it, but it's still us doing it, right? Nobody's choosing to do it other than us. Nobody's making us do it other than us. So, uh, so if that's true, how many problems are we dealing with in life? that are here in our life today because of things we wouldn't deal with yesterday because those things have been circulating in our system spiritually for years and years and sometimes decades, sometimes, you know, longer than that. Uh, and, and then finally, you know, it, uh, it causes a problem. We're like, I don't know why it's here, you know, and, and, and well, what have you been doing for the last 50 years? Well, you know, I've been mad at my mother-in-law for 50 years, you know, I can't stand her, you know, and, uh, and, um, well, I mean, uh, uh, and, and I mean, that's probably a good reason, I know, but, um, you know, uh, it's, uh, uh, we got to get over it, right? Because if we don't, what's, what's the ramifications of that a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, amen? And that's the thing people think, you know, I can't help it, or you don't understand, or, you know, it's, what's it going to do to you? You know, if someone's unkind to you and, and mean to you, now you're going to hold it against them till forever. How is that helping you? And how is that hurting them? It's, it's, it's a, it's a two-edged sword, right? Not only did they do that, but now your unforgiveness or your, your bitterness or your hatred or whatever the thing is, now it's going to also cause you more problems, amen? So nobody I found is worth it to, to, for me to die for their sake. You know, I'm not going to kill myself because you've done something to me. Uh, that's, uh, that would be foolishness. So, but you've got to cleanse yourself from that. You've got to do that, right? And so if he says for you to do that, does that mean you can do it? Sure, you can do it, right? Well, I'm working on it. Well, you ain't working on it. Just do it. You just do it, right? It, it's, it's not a working on it. It's just doing it, right? Uh, they only went once a year, and it was done, right? They didn't have to go in every single day, every, every hour of the day. It was done, right? So uh, cleansing our lives, 
our spiritual lives is what the blood of Jesus did. And in our natural bodies, it's our bodies are, are constantly cleansing itself. And that's one reason why the scientists are often uh, befuddled about how do we even die, right? I mean, how do we ever get sick? Because our body is so good at taking care of things. But every now and then it's just a, I mean, it's just usually a small little thing. It's just a little glitch here, a little glitch there. And it causes these other uh, problems there. Uh, and so, uh, but our bodies are well designed, amen? Uh, and then let's turn to John chapter 6 here. So the next thing she wanted to mention is uh, that the purpose of the blood is to carry food, right? So sustenance to, to um, our bodies. And, and you think about it, you know, the blood is the highway of your body. And I don't know, does somebody know how, how many uh, feet or yards or miles of, uh, I think it's miles of blood vessels we have in our bodies, right? It's a lot because you got the big arteries, the big veins, and they go down to capillaries and go down to tiny little things. And finally, they're, they're really small, but they still go everywhere, right? Uh, and so uh, it's a super highway of nutrition for our bodies. So um, she said here that the blood carries necessary food to each cell in the body. Uh, and so, you know, your, your body doesn't just need oxygen, right? That's part of it. That's going to be another section there. But you also, your body needs nutrients. And so every cell in your body needs nutrients, right? All the things you eat are there uh, as energy for the cells, right? So a lot of it is converted in, into, into sugars that uh, the blood then carries to the cell that the cell uses as energy uh, to do its work. So whatever the cell is, if it's a muscle, that's a cell, it has to be able to move, right, and pick up things. And, uh, and uh, if, it's, if it's a, I don't know, what types of blood, whatever cells you got, right? There's a thousand different types of cells, but you got cells for your, all your organs have got cells, in them and each each organ has its own different type of cell all of those cells need nutrients that the blood is carrying to them uh, and so uh, and that's why if you know if, if something happens to your to your body and you don't get good blood flow then you'll get different they'll die right a finger will die or a hand will die or an arm will die because it's not only not getting oxygen it's also not getting nutrients that it needs uh, and so so jesus said here uh, well, the, the other thing she said was it carries necessary food to each cell in the body in a complete circuit takes 45 to 50 seconds, which is, uh, is, is anybody, can, can anybody confirm that? Ms. Sandra's not here, our medical expert's not here, but, um, but I think that's right. I think, you know, if you, if you could trace how quickly the body gets through, the, whole, the blood gets through the whole body in one, you know, from your heart all the way through wherever it's going and coming back to your heart, it's about 45 to 50 seconds because your heart's beating, what, you know, at resting heart rate, 60 beats a minute, right? So every second, you know, it, it uh, compresses and expands and it's pushing blood through. So you do that 60 times and so that's about, about a minute. It takes about a minute, about 60 compressions of your uh, at sitting heart rate. What's your current sitting heart rate? 73, right? So she's got it right there. She's like bionic woman over there. Uh, and so, so that's 73 beats a minute. So it takes less than that to... Uh, make a whole round uh, of your so that so that, that's like the uh, when I was in first and second grade in school we'd have the lunch lady come around with a little cart right we didn't go to the cafeteria the food came to us right so we were like the little uh, the cells of the church of the of the school right the blood would come to us and we'd eat the food and then it would go back right and and, uh, and that's what the blood is doing it's it's traveling and carrying food uh, carrying food to everybody so uh, in the uh, in the spirit realm, then she wanted to read John chapter six. There, I never quite made it over there. Uh, in verse, uh, in fact, we had talked about this verse earlier, right? Uh, Jesus said, um, <clears throat> um, "Well, let's just, let's just let's start in verse." Um, well. Um, Let's start in verse 47. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am the bread of life. So now he's starting to change, right? Because chapter 6, he has a lot of good information here. He says, um, Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread uh, which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews then strove among themselves, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? So now they're getting confused. So 
So Jesus backed up and explained everything in great detail to get him understanding, right? No, he just kept on. I mean, he just doubled up on it, right? He said, verily, verily, I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. So now they're just, a minute ago, he was eating his flesh. Now it's also drinking his blood. So their, their heads are exploding, right? They're just like, what in the world? What are you talking about? Uh, and so, uh, again, he stops and explains himself, right? No, he just doubled up again. Whosoever eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up in the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, uh, and my blood is drink indeed. So, uh, and of course, he goes on um, uh, further on down there, but eventually he gets down to verse 63. It is the spirit that quickeneth the flesh, profiteth nothing. So if that's true, then, uh, and it's of course true because he said it's true, then what he was talking about had nothing to do with the natural world, right? He was never talking about physically eating his flesh and physically drinking his blood, right? And of course, you know, the Roman Catholics believe when they receive communion that that, that wafer and that juice actually turns into the body of Jesus, right? And the blood of Jesus, which is weird because he literally says, I'm not talking about my natural body and my natural blood, right? Uh, and so uh, there's a, I think there's a $64 word for that, right? Uh, and so... Uh, it doesn't actually do that, right? I'm not, I'm not trying to make any Roman Catholics mad. It doesn't actually, because he said, he literally says right here, I'm not talking about my natural body, right? I'm not talking about my, my, my natural blood. Uh, but the, the point that she wanted to make here is in verse 53 and verse 55, um, that verily, verily I say to you, except you eat the flesh of the, of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. So, uh, and that for the flesh is meat indeed, and my, blo my blood is drink indeed. So, uh, but we need that to, for, uh, to sustain us, right? That's our food. That's what we eat and that's what we drink from a spiritual standpoint. And that's what causes us to, to live spiritually, right? And so, um, in, in the new birth process there. So, um, so that, that's, um, uh, that, and that's an, obviously an important part, right? One of the things that uh, she said uh, uh, that blood does is to regulate regulate um, uh, temperature. So uh, let's, we're in John, turn over to uh, Matthew chapter 24. So, you know, in the New Testament, uh, there are things that talk about really the temperature of, of um, our lives, right? So this one is in, in uh, Matthew 24 in verse uh, 12. It says, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. So uh, we know that sometimes that uh, people are, uh, like their extremities get really cold, and sometimes it's because of a lack of blood flow, right? Uh, and uh, and so, so they can do things to, to mitigate that. Uh, of course, in my house, you know, I'm, I'm cold not because of lack of blood flow, but because it's literally 30 degrees in the house, right? And so, you know... Um, it's uh, uh, yeah, so it's not due to uh, physical uh, limitations or anything, uh, but there is uh, there there can be a coldness in our lives, right? And and so so that's a bad thing, right here, right? The because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. And, and you know, you think about that. That's an interesting verse because how many people uh, get kind of jaundiced or jaded because of other people's sins? Right. Well, I can't love anybody anymore. I can't trust anybody anymore. I can't, you know, I can't help anybody anymore because of what terrible things people have done. So what did Jesus say? He said, because there, there is iniquity in the world and it may come across your doorstep, your love will, will start to become cold because of somebody else's actions. Now, it's only because you choose to let it, of course, but, um, uh, but because he said, because iniquity shall abound. And you think about our society right now. Iniquity is insane right now, right? I mean, everything is just like, uh, it just seems like, uh, I mean, you know, don't get mad at me, but it seems like the Democrats are thinking that the most perverted thing, that's what we're going to promote. And, if, and, if we, and tomorrow we're going to find a more perverted thing. So, you, I mean, for a long time they were pushing the homosexual agenda, but now it's transgenderism. And, and they're even talking about, you know, abortion up to nine months. And some of them say abortion at, after 10 months or 12 months, right? So the like plus two months or plus three months, you know. I mean, after, you know, because they're, they're saying, well, you know, why is there even a limit at all? I mean, if you have a kid and it's a couple months old, you go, man, I'm tired of this thing. It just eats and poops. I mean, what in the world? What a waste of time. Just stuff a pillow on its head, right? 
there are people in the, who believe those things. It's just okay to do that, right? They're insane. Uh, and, and um, uh, I mean, you know, all these things about children and, you know, they're, they're, they're uh, putting drag queens in libraries and, you know, teaching children in books, you know, first, second grade about, you know, transgenderism. And if, you know, if you don't feel comfortable in your body, it's because you're really a boy or a man, you know. Uh, I mean, it's insane. It's just, it's, it, it just, you know, you think, how is this, how, how are sane people promoting this insanity, especially with children, right? Uh, and yet it's, it's like every day they come up with some more insane, I mean, just beyond, like your head explodes, like what in the world, right? Uh, and I'm not mad at anybody, but it just seems like that whole group of people, you know, the, you know, there used to be, you know, Democrats, Republicans, kind of the same, you know, just one like to spend a little more money than the other, you know, some, some people want to shoot more people than other people, whatever. But now it's like, you know, there, there's a group of insane people that have, have, have taken over the whole Democratic Party. And it's, you know, it's, it's not all of them, but it's a, uh, it's a vocal part of them. It's the most, ins- you know, how can we become more insane? And how can we become more uh, uh, full of iniquity, right? Uh, and, and it's just, you know, and we're not trying to be political, but this is what Jesus is talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right, right. What's wrong with having uh, 15, 20 genders? Because it's insane. That's what's wrong with it, right? I mean, the thing is, that, I mean, the thing about a gender, it's like, that's, the, that's an easy one because the, the, the distinction between men and women is literally at the DNA level, right? I mean, it's, and it's fixed. It was fixed at birth. You're either man or woman because women have one more chromosome than men do, right? Because they need more help than men do, right? Uh, and so it, it's just, yeah, and not Adam, Steve, and Bob, and Fred, and Joe, and Jimmy, and Frank, and, and I mean, uh, the, the thousand different genders. It's just, I mean, and that should be an easy one, right? That has been something that we, that all humanity has agreed on as long as it's been humanity. And, and now it's like, uh, well, I'm, I'm a this gender, I'm a that gender. And, and, you know, for me, it doesn't cause my love to wax. I, you know, I'm really, my heart goes out to people because that's really stupid. Uh, and. And for you to believe a lie like that, you know how many lies you have to believe in order to believe that, you know, I'm not, I'm neither male nor female. I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I mean, because if, if there's no male, male and female, then I'm a cow. I, I'm identifying as a cow today, right? Well, you're obviously not a cow. How dare you, right? There's no difference, right? Yeah. The dollhouse is a new gender? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, it's, well, I mean, you know, and the, the thing that we have to watch out is for, to keep our love from waxing cold, right? From us to being all bitter and mad, you know, because, I mean, I can hear people, and I, you know, I have no problem standing up and saying, well, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard, because it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Uh, but I'm not going to stop loving people, because they need more love than ever, right? I mean, they need a lot of love if, if they believe dumb things like that. I mean, you think about how many devils they have to be listening to to believe such stupidity, right? I mean, it's just insane. And, and I, you know, my heart goes out to people like that. And that's the thing that the church has to have is we have to have compassion on the stupid, right? And the, the people who are full of iniquity, amen? And not kind of the southern bless your heart compassion, right? That, uh, I'm talking about real compassion, right? Uh, and that's where... Uh, you know, I think, I think the devil oftentimes will play that card where he'll come up with more and more insane um, uh, ideas and iniquity to cause the church to, to uh, wax cold in our love for people uh, so that we don't help them. Amen. 
Uh, and how many church people do you hear when they talk about these things are angry and mad at the insanity of these, these ideas of, you know, there's 50, there, there's 50 um, genders and all these things. And we get mad. And what we do is we lose the love of God. Amen. Uh, and our, wax, our, our love wax cold because of their sin, right? Because when you, especially when you do that to children and you start giving children hormone therapy and start, and start uh, doing surgical uh, things to children, I mean, that, that's criminal, right? That, that should be against the law, right? People should be tased and buried and whatever for that. And I can do that in love, but, uh, you know, you, you shouldn't harm the children, right? I mean, you're an adult, be as stupid as you want to. None of my business. But, but um, anyway, it's... it's, uh, it's un- so the thing we have to guard is that when iniquity abounds, make sure your love doesn't wax cold, right? So if you see somebody in that, right? Now, I'm not talking about the militant ones that are, you know, all these things, you know, waving the flags. I'm talking about the ones who are truly deceived, right? Who really believe, honestly, that, you know, I'm a dog cow or whatever. I'm a, I'm a cat today or, you know, uh, it, it's a shame. But, you know, we have to not be unkind towards them, amen? I got no problem being, you know, saying, well, that's stupid because, you know, there, there, are, there are those who are, who are the generals of the devil who are trying to put that as, make that normal in the, in the world, right? Saying it's perfectly normal to say there's 16 genders. That's not perfectly normal. That's stupid. Uh, and, and, and they say, follow the science. Well, you, it's DNA, right? It, there, there is no science for multiple genders, right? There is only man, male and female, amen? And you can become, you can, if you're born a woman, you can say you're a man all you want to. You're still a woman. You still have the DNA of a woman. You will always have the DNA of a woman. You will never not have the DNA of a woman. Uh, and and to, to, to change that, it goes against all of science, right? I mean, it, it, there is no science for that at all, right? It's all psychology. And so, so just make sure that your love doesn't wax cold, amen? That, and that's really, we always got to guard ourselves. We can't stop the iniquity. Jesus said it's gonna, iniquity is going to abound. And you think it's crazy today, just wait till tomorrow. I mean, it's, it's, every day it's like, it's like, what, are you crazy, right? They bring in the, these, you know, all the, these, I mean, it's just insane, right? So anyway, we're going we're gonna to make it, right? So... See, I don't believe that at all. I mean, they say those things, but they, I think they just lie and say that to make it normal. Uh, I mean, I know a lot of people are stupid, but I can't imagine 46% of the, the... But, you know, most of that is in Western civilization, right? You get out to, you know, even Muslim countries and India and China, they're like, you know, that's stupid. We don't, we don't even know. What are you talking about? We don't, we don't know anything about that. It's really in our society because uh, uh, there's such a need to diminish our society because of the value we have in the gospel in the world. Uh, and so it's really an attack against the gospel. But, um, and, and the last verse, we'll, we'll just mention this. Well, actually, we, um, um, yeah, we've got a couple more things to cover that. So we'll, we'll pick that up next week. But um, So blood does uh, uh, regulate temperature, right? So the blood of Jesus in the spirit realm will help regulate your spiritual temperature, right? So you, you stay close to the blood of Jesus in the sense of, of cleansing your sins and remembering what he's done for us in the, in the area of cleansing our sins. And when you, so when you see the sins of others, uh, you stay, you don't get cold, right? And that's the whole point of, of that discussion there. That, uh, and that's where the church has really struggled, I think, more than anything, is we either get cold or hot when it comes to other people's sins. And we either burn them alive and send them to hell or we get, well, I don't care what happens to them, you know, good riddance. Um, that, that's our lo- love of many waxing cold, right? So did Jesus ever, uh, you know, if you go through the Gospels and you look at how, how Jesus talked to not the religious sinners, right? But I'm just talking about the garden variety, everyday sinners, right? The tax collectors, the publicans, you know, all those people, you know, the adulterers. If you look at how Jesus taught, he was very compassionate, very kind to them, Right? He never excused their sickness or their sin. He never okayed it. He never approved of it. But he was always kind towards them. He wasn't kind to the leadership. And the reason why is because their leadership was causing all this sin to occur, right? Uh, he said, you're whitewashed sepulchers full of dead men's bones. Uh, you'll compass about land and sea to make uh, a proselyte and you'll make them two more fold the child of hell than yourself. So he said that their, their leadership was causing them to double up the people's sins. And that's why he was so, so adamant against them because, not because he was against Pharisees in and of itself, he was against people who led other people astray. 
And so that's why I have no problem with these people that are leaders in these things, you know, saying they're stupid and they're evil and they're of the devil because they're stupid and evil and of the devil, right? Uh, and, uh, I mean, it doesn't take rocket science to figure that out. Uh, and yet, you know, when you say, well, there's only two genders, they look at you like, how, how are you so unenlightened? They act, they act like you're stupid. Like, well, yeah, well, you're right. One of us is stupid, but it ain't me, right? Uh, and... and um, uh, I mean, and it's sad, right? My heart breaks for them because the people that are, that are sincerely deceived into believing that, and they're adamant about it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you like this. Like, oh, yeah. What's wrong with that? Oh, yeah. That's perfectly fine, perfectly normal. So your heart goes out for them because like, wow, you are really deceived, right? I mean, you're an intelligent human being. You, you made it to this far in life, and yet you believe something like that. How do you even survive? I mean, how, or do you even know how to eat? I mean, you know, how, how do you get by, get by in life, right? Do they approve of? Yeah. Well, those things start early because the devil starts flying to them, even sometimes when they're young. young. And the devil is probably trying to get all of us to think that way, but, but most normal people are like, that's stupid. I'm a boy, you know, whatever, you know. I want to play with Tonka trucks and shoot things, right, you know. Uh, and, and, you know, there's per- nothing wrong with boys being boys and girls being girls. Nowadays, you know, you're shamed into, uh, into allowing your daughter to play with a doll or your boy to play with a Tonka truck, you know. And it's like, I'm fixing to have a grandson. I'm going to get him guns and toys and bullets and um, whatever, you know. And he ain't playing with no dolls, not in my house, you know. He brings a Ken doll, I'm going to burn it and bury it in the backyard, you know. And, but he won't, you know, and so... But um, it's okay, you know, it's perfectly fine for, you know, the thing that's amazing, amazing to me is it should be perfectly fine to men be men and for women to be women. It's okay, right? It's perfectly fine for women to like girly things and men to like manly things. And, and you know, and they proved over and over again, you put, uh, you put a, a boy who has no idea about anything in a girl who has no idea about anything in a room with Tonka toys and dolls, Nine times out of ten, boys are going to play with the toys and girls are going to go play with the dolls, you know, because it's okay to be a girl, it's okay to be a boy, amen? Uh, and so it's just, um, but don't let your, wax, your love wax cold, amen? You've got to stay fresh with the blood of Jesus to keep that from happening because otherwise we get jaundiced and jaded as a church and we don't want to do that. We, these people need our help. We're the only ones who can help them. The world is going to cause them all to just... You know, it's not, they're not going to go to hell because of, of transgenderism or, or homosexuality, which I know is another discussion. Uh, but uh, if, unless they get, uh, uh, if they don't get saved, they will. But, then, but they're going to go to hell because they don't get saved, not because they're stupid in their mind, right? Because it's a mental sickness, amen? And it's a spiritual sickness. So anyway, um, so you guard your heart. Your job is to guard your heart, right? When this iniquity increases, and it's going to increase because Jesus said it's going to increase. He never said it's going to stop increasing. So it's going to keep increasing, amen? And, and you know, it's amazing how, how uh, creative they can be in their stupidity, amen? Anyway, you know, so we'll go on. And, and, um, but we're going, to, we're going to stay ravaging hot in our love for the world, amen? And our heart will go out to them, and, and we will do, have compassion towards them because they can get help, amen? All they got to do is get their mind renewed and get a few devils cast out of them. They'll be fine, amen? Uh, and so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. It, it does help us, Father. It provides us food uh, spiritually, Father. Uh, and it provides, regulates our temperature, Father. Keep us from getting too hot or too cold in either direction. It keeps us just the right temperature with you. And so, Father, we thank you for that. We will never allow our, our love to wax cold, Father. We will stay right in line with your word, and our compassion will always go out towards the sinner and to those who need help. 
So, Father, we thank you for that. We give you the praise and the honor for these things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Well, let's get ready to receive this afternoon's offering. So, um, hopefully, we'll see some changes by next week, right? I think last week we didn't have this part right here, right? I think there's one nail that's new. Uh, and so, um, you know, every week they're going to put at least one nail in here, right? So, oh, yeah, the roof. Have you all seen the roof? It's, gonna, it's not quite done, but it's, uh, they'll get it done probably tomorrow. So it's, uh, it's really going to look good. Uh, I'm talking about roof on the outside. Have you seen the roof on the outside? It's all, it's all, new. It's all new out there. So, yeah. Well, come ahead, Mr. Jared, and receive the offering. And um, appreciate y'all's faithful giving. Amen. Um, and uh, um, a lot of our income right now is going towards the building, right? So i uh, got to spend it somewhere. So, um, But it'll be good, amen? I'm ready to get it done. So um, what's it, April, May, June. So it's got to get done by, by um, hopefully within a couple of weeks. Because they really don't like a whole lot, amen? It's cleaning and then this stuff up here, right? So it'll take them a while to do the, the they're putting stack stone on the front of there and so... Um, nope just right there that's going to stay just like that right there with the TVs and then um, uh, be carpet on the stage and carpet down there right uh, nothing it's black yeah just leave that black right yeah so um, and uh, so I'm going to start wearing like a solid black suit so all you see is my head floating around right so anyway <laughs> Like a green skin, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I know, yeah. We, we uh, me and Johnny, we changed three colors every every day. You know, we took all the ceiling out, which is black, and we just dirt everywhere. It's all in your nose and your ears, and and I wore respirators and everything. You know, it still it just gets everywhere. You know, so anyway, the Lord is good. So, uh, y'all have a wonderful week in the Lord, and uh, you're dismissed.